Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again on Halloween is Shay Dixon. Shay, how you doing? Got my black on three gear on for Halloween. I don't have a costume. No costume. Yeah, no costume. I'm actually all I have is the decor right there that I bought last year, and uh, that's it. I thankfully you don't. You know, if you're not watching on YouTube right now, he's got a spooky goblin pumpkin of some pumpkin sort. Thing. Yeah, ghost. Oh, I'll you don't keep there. that up there year round, do you? No, I just put it up like two days ago. Actually, I remembered I I had it. I because I bought it last year at Walmart. And it was like super cheap. And I was like, you know what? Let's just have it. So I had it last year during Thanksgiving. And I was like, or Thanksgiving, Halloween. And I had it in the closet. So there you go. So yes, I am decked out in uh, ready for Halloween. Um, Not having a good Halloween, Brian Harson. Yeah, yes. Not having good Halloween at all. Uh, quickly. Um, yeah, they hired Aub- Auburn hired, uh, I believe the last uh, name is Cohen, uh, the, the athletic director yeah. from Mississippi State. Uh, hired him and it looked like his first move was to get rid of Harson. And um, I something we all knew was coming eventually. But uh, for you know another SEC West school, I think it's um, it's good for us to give our initial thoughts on it. But yeah, my initial thoughts were it's about time. Like it, I wasn't sure if they were going to go the whole season, but you know it didn't really make sense. It felt like that fumble against Miss uh, or the Missouri fumble really saved him another couple weeks there so um yeah at the end of the day they're gonna be big game hunting again just like lsu was last year um obviously the perception of auburn's gone down but we forget or at least i forget that outside even outside of the cam newton year 2010 they made it back to a championship game in 2013 and they were really competitive 2017 so they're gonna be you know going for big dogs they're you know are a top 25 top 20 program in the country at the very least and uh it's gonna be interesting to see who they get because it's a it's a good it's a good job did we ever think this was gonna work no and i'm I'm not just saying because he's from boise that plays a role in it like look brian kelly people want to talk about culture fit with brian kelly coming from notre dame to lsu into the sec for the first time he had been a head coach for more than 30 years at multi the d2 level at the um, group of five level at a higher group of five level, uh, and then at Notre Dame, obviously. So uh, there was a lot of experience that came with that. Harson was at what I think he was at Boise State for like six years. Yeah, I was gonna and say he was five years, for, yeah. yeah, one year before that at Arkansas State. So I don't know, it just seemed like Auburn deep pockets could figure out a coach that was, uh, that was more of a fit for that job. I don't think they'll, they won't take that risk again. I'll say that they're going to hire someone, whether it's Elaine Kiffin or someone of that nature who has some familiarity with the sec. That's one thing I feel good about saying is I bet who they hire knows the lay of the land in the sec, uh, especially hiring Cohen away from Miss 
state. So, and I don't know. Yeah, we'll I mean, it's ultimately, like, like, it's like every other thing in Auburn. The boosters will decide ultimately who comes and goes, and that's the extent of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like you said, especially with Cohen there, and then with Harson not working out, you see a lot of times them go in opposite directions when it comes to hiring coaches. Well, like this didn't work, so we'll go this way, you know. And well, I think you know Kiffin and Freeze. Hugh Freeze were, is getting tossed around. Yeah, those names are going to get tossed around continuously. Um, I'm interested to see how it works out because this is going to be his first hire and after you know the buyouts of Malzahn and now Harson back to back you can't really miss on this that you have to have this guy has to have a little bit of leeway you would think to where you're not just shelling out 50 million dollar buyouts every three years so it's it's gonna be interesting yeah yeah it's crazy but um tough times yeah. on the planet hey we said this before the year we said they'll be the worst team in the in the west yeah. so it's only a matter of time before they pulled the plug here on part on Harson, And yeah. as you said, they, they operated without an AD for this entire stretch. Now they name one and day one on the job is let's go ahead and, and clean house here. Like 20 minutes in. He's like, all right. I, I, that was definitely in the interviews. He was like, I've seen don't enough. worry. He's gone. He's gone. So um, yeah, we just wanted to give you all our initial thoughts on the Auburn uh, firing there. Cause we don't have a ton of questions here coming off a of bye week There's not as much to talk about. Uh, as far as questions go, but we did ask for questions on our board as we do every Sunday. Um, did we get any rants? Usually we've got some rants. We didn't get any there. rants. We did. At Unless the you put end. a question mark at the end of it, it doesn't count. <laughs> I, I, we did get a nice, I don't know how many words this is from uh, Silver Moon at the end where he gave us a bunch of stats with Bryce Young, you know, just before he asked this okay. question. So, I, I, I know I'm, how I'll respond to that one. Looking forward, looking forward to that question. Um, but yeah, we have a good amount of questions, so let's uh, get into them now. A lot of them are about the Alabama game, obviously coming up this week, which we will preview more on the site. And uh, real quick, we do have we will have the uh, recruiting podcast also out this week, so um, I'm ready for for you and That'll Billy. Be a busy to one. Take on that. Oh gosh, I just I can't wait, can't wait. Um, all right, first question, uh, Mr. Virgo asked, how do you feel this team's confidence? Uh, how do you feel the team's confidence is heading into this weekend's game? Uh, I mean, confidence is, I feel like it would be at an all-time high at this point. I Obviously, coming off of what they've done, I mean, we got this we got this question asked after the Florida game, and I felt good about their confidence. Now you just beat Ole Miss at home, and you're going into a bye and then come back and play at home. I think the home field advantage which I think there's a question about it later on. I think it's an interesting thing because it's not just like obviously the fans are involved and all the you know fundamental ways that a home field advantage works. But I think just playing from a confidence standpoint, you just played at home, you just played a great game, your best game of the season against Ole Miss, and now you're playing at home again. And just from a mental standpoint, I would think that that would be comforting. So, yeah, I think the confidence is really high with this team at this moment. I think that um, I agree with you. I bet that they wish they didn't have a bye. We talked about that on the prior podcast, I think maybe after the game, that you were rolling in back-to-back games, really rolling against Ole Miss, and it was suddenly like, hey, it'd be nice if the next game were up next weekend and you could just carry this momentum uh, through. Now, we'll see how they come out on that front. Um, I would say confident is fine. I'd say there, for me, who's covered a lot of LSU-Bama series. I mean, a lot of them, like more than 15. I'd say this team... I get the sense they're really within the whole program. 
there's a lack of pressure that might usually come with this game. And it's funny to say that considered that the winner of this game with three games left, will control two SEC games left, will control its own destiny to win the West and go to the championship. So it'd be odd to say they weren't feeling this immense amount of pressure, but I almost feel like because of how they started, because of this ongoing rhetoric that LSU wasn't supposed to be that good this year, that they've ended up taking lumps while also putting themselves in a spot where they've started to get better and better and are six and two now. And it's almost like, as you noted, being at home, that the pressure's on Bama here. Like LSU has slowly 100%. crept up in the rankings to where, yeah, you look up and it's like, ooh, this is 15 versus six. Well, in LSU's mind, I don't think the players even think about the ranking. I think they think of it in terms of, hey, we put together – we got waxed against Tennessee when we thought we had hit a little bit of a stride and they regrouped, got off the mat and went and put out arguably their two best wins so far. That gives you confidence. I think their confidence is rooted in just how they played recently more so than anything to do with them moving up in the rankings or them having a chance to win the West or anything like that. Like I think Brian Kelly and he said it today, their focus this week isn't going to be drumming up this. We're playing Bama. It's going to be, Here's X, Y, and Z of what we got to do. And if we're executing, that's what's going to give us the best shot to beat them. I uh, real quick want to bounce back to your point, which I thought was a great point, is that Alabama, to me, has immensely more pressure than LSU does. Because if Alabama loses this game, they're out of the playoffs. Like, they're, they're out. They're, you're not, they're not going to make it. I mean, if they made the SEC championship and, won, and beat, let's say, Georgia in the SEC championship game, two losses – well, they I, wouldn't would make be, the SEC championship if they lose this game. That's true. I mean, yeah, I'm saying best case scenario for them would be, you know, LSU somehow loses both of the games more, or something, something like yeah, that. They but, beat Ole Miss next week. And yeah. then they... But basically, Alabama, if they lose this game, is out of the playoffs, which is huge, obviously, for Nick Saban and this team. They can't mess up anymore. And this, to this point, would be their biggest, would be their best win of the year a road win at LSU would be their best win I know the they had a road win against Texas early on but I mean they didn't look great in that this would be their best win of the year to this point so it's a there's a lot of pressure on Alabama coming into this game and I, I feel well, the same way you do I think this team this LSU team is playing with some house money yeah oh of course and that's a good way to put it because the reality remains LSU has looked good the past couple of weeks I don't think I don't think there's a sense of irritation from like the anyone who would put pressure onto this program, fans, national media. I don't think there's any expectation that LSU is going to go out and beat Bama. I would mm-hmm. think that the expectation is Bama the high, is the better team and is going to win the game. They're favored by like what double digits uh, yes. opening up. So on the road, so you're almost a two touchdown favorite basically playing a team like this. The expectation is Bama is going to win, and if that's the case, and they do. LSU still knows, yes, then you got Arkansas, you got UAB, you got AM. You win those three games, you're nine and three. You get to go to a big bowl game. If you win that, you're a 10 win team and you're one of the Brian Kelly era, which was set at six and a half wins. I mean, people were getting it at six and a half, seven wins as the over under. They're at six already. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's, for the first time in a long time, and I think it's just because of those factors of going through a coaching change and so much of this team being new and them actually having early success is I don't sense uh, that LSU feels pressure here. Yeah, 
I agree. 100%. Uh, appreciate the question. Uh, Tiger Ranch with the next one says, uh, do we mostly run tempo on offense or not? Seems our offense offense's rhythm is better in tempo. Um, I did a story on that. When was that? I don't know. Thursday? I think it was Wednesday, Thursday or something. Uh, looking at the tempo and the pace of play that they had and looking at Brian Kelly's quote from last Tuesday's press conference where I thought it was interesting where he said, Basically, for them, tempo is not about just constantly playing fast, getting the snaps off, you know, within 10 seconds or whatever. It's about being flexible. And I think that's a really, really smart way of looking at it because I've never I hadn't even looked at it that way before where you can dictate you can go fast whenever the defense is on its heels and then you can slow it down whenever you need to. And that's that's a luxury. A lot of teams don't have a lot of teams like that just, you know, can't move the ball, obviously can't play fast. And if um like ohio state has that luxury too they pick their spots really well so i think a lot of fans are enamored by tennessee and ole miss and watching them just get on the ball and snap it snap it and ole miss and uh lsu is not playing slow but they're more towards the middle of the country but i think that flexibility is way more important than just going 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 i like the answer and i do i think i think one part we'll see more of is the rpo game i think that's something they'll get that it's clear Jaden's got a better grip on yes. and the offense is a better grip on right now as compared to where they were before. Yeah. Um. Next question is uh, NolaFan33. Uh, I wouldn't say either are playing poorly, but the uh, but the LSU cornerback room and the Bama wide receiver room seem a bit down this year versus where they are typically. How do you feel about that matchup? Um. And then he has a second question. Also, what do you think about what do you think Denbrock can take away from this matchup with LSU with Alabama last season, or is the personnel just too different? I mean, the uh, yeah, the cornerback room at, at LSU is obviously filled with transfers. We've talked about that numerously, numerous times on this podcast. The Bama receiver room also has some transfers, Jermaine Burton and guys like that. Um, neither one is star study. You're not going to get the 2019 game out there. Uh, by any means on Saturday, but uh, I think it opens the I think it opens the door up for an interesting offense versus defense matchup, which I'll look at more uh, throughout the week. But yeah, it's it definitely um, changes the complexion of this game. It's not going to be as a NFL, you know, pro style type sp- uh, spread type stuff. No, if this were Devonta Smith and Waddle and Judy and yeah. All those guys, I'd feel different about their chances with Bryce Young sitting back there and those guys running all over the field. But yeah, it's a good point, actually. It, that both both rooms, Bama wide receiver, LSU corner, don't look like they normally would. Um, whether that's a kind of transfer situations or kind of just that's where they're at with guys departing, but it, it does. That'll be something to to keep an eye on on Saturday. Not the normal look for either team there. And what the other one was what. Den, can Denbrock take anything away from like the Cincy Bama game last year? Uh, yes, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what he meant. I'm assuming he didn't mean LSU Alabama last year. Well, I mean, you did so much film study on this. Do you think that what LSU's running this year is similar to what Cincy ran last year? T- to a degree, I just I think he kind of hit it at the end. That I think the personnel is just too different. Last year, Cincinnati Cincinnati just had no shot at um, slowing down Alabama or. He, or scoring on Alabama at all um, with that team. And so you hope from a receiver standpoint, LSU's receivers, you know, neighbors, Boutte and guys like that can all have really good games because 
obviously the LSU receiver this year. Yeah, Jure got Brian everybody. Thomas. Yes, Brian and guys like that. Because obviously the LSU receiving room receiver room is far, far more talented than the Cincinnati room. So you you're interested to see how Denbrock uses that against an Alabama secondary that we talked about. Has been beat up this year at times. Hendon Hooker threw all over him. Uh, Quinn Ewers threw all over him before he got hurt. So um, that's going to be the interesting thing is how he plays Alabama this year with far more wide receiver talent. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Grapes Wishaw, do you? Oh, grub. That's get your street cred game up there. That's definitely Grapes Swisher. Grapes Swisher. There we go. Or Swisher. Grapes Swisher. With the A. Do you see JD having success against a defense not named Ole Miss or Florida? With that being said, how would you compare the Alabama defense to some defense we've already seen? Will Alabama be the best defense we've seen so far? Uh, do you wanna you wanna take this one first? Do you see Jay Daniels I, having success against a defense I, not named? Yeah, Ole Miss? I'll take the first part. Um, I think if you look at what he's done this year, which outside of the bubble that we're all in right here in Baton Rouge and kind of critic not criticizing, but um, I guess criticizing every little detail or praising every uh, big moment, people are calling Daniels the most improved quarterback in the country from the start of the season to now. And certainly looks a lot better than he ever did at Arizona State. Um, and I'm not saying he looked bad then, but it's just very clear he's in a rhythm right now uh, and starting to put up big, I mean, 200-plus pass yard games became 300-plus yard pass games against Tennessee and Florida and, what, 250 against Ole Miss. So, uh, a lot of touchdowns in there. And then we're obviously seeing him put the run together. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's training in the right way. I think you also look at Auburn was the worst game. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. But beyond that, State, he played well enough for them to win comfortably. And that wouldn't even have been one of his better games. Like, still, I mean, most of these games he's sitting – 75, 71, 71, um, you know, 74 completion range percentage. So, if, I mean, if you can be that while also like he's been that at the beginning when he was doing a lot of check down stuff and all that, it was just it was sufficient, but it wasn't getting them far far. Now it's clear he's trusting his receivers. He's going downfield a ton um, and he's seeing that the completions, the turnovers, all that remains the same. It's just now you're putting together more touchdowns and, uh, more yardage in the passing game. So, yeah, I think on the track he's on, they're going, he's going to continue to put up big numbers. Yeah. I mean, they have Arkansas next week, whose secondary is not good at this point uh, because of injuries and transfers and whatnot. And then they have UAB, who I think they'll be fine against. And then you have AM. So, you know, even after this, I think he'll continue to improve and look fine. The, the big thing I'm interested in to kind of go in a different direction here is to see how he runs against Alabama because Will Anderson and Dallas Turner are on that defensive line. You have Henry Toto at linebacker. They're coming off a bye week. Alabama is going to probably be looking to stop the run or to stop his run specifically and make him hit those throws, which we've talked about before. He's gotten a lot better at throwing the ball as the season's gone on. But still, I would think if you're Alabama, you're, you're trying to get to him and make him flush him out the pocket and just turn him into a runner and just try to spy him and uh, limit what he can do there. So, um, yeah, that's that's going to be a real interesting uh, aspect of it is can he run the ball effectively against Alabama because it's a huge part of his game and the, this entire offense. So let's see. What do we got next here? True asked, um, seems to be the worst. Hey, true. 
true. Uh, seems to seem this is the worst group of receivers Bama's had in years. How do you like the secondary matching up? Uh, I gotta watch the film a little bit more. Uh, I want I want to do on Wednesday a big look at the game, but in theory, it's more about what Denbrock can scheme and if the offensive line can protect long enough. So that's what I'll say for that because yeah, they they'll be able to have some checkdowns and like some shorter route stuff, but. Uh, if they can't block Turner and, and um, Anderson, then it's not going to matter. So, I yeah, I mean, if Burton's on the field, he's good, and it's they've really kind of been almost like LSU in the sense of like it's just a multi-man attack. I mean, you got Jacory Brooks is probably the best guy, or at least most productive. Um, oh, I had that. Trey Sean Clayton has had. I realized I had that flipped. I, I was looking at LSU's receiver against uh, Bama's uh, corners. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. There you go. Remix. Uh, what? Hol- Holden's been really good. Corey Brooks has been really good. Jermaine Burton's been good, really good when he's out and there. To a tight um, end. All right. Yeah. Kobe Prentice. Then you got Leitu at tight end. I do know this. I was looking over their stats over the weekend. I think Jameer Gibbs, who's obviously a monster running back LSU recruited him heavily. Uh, people who follow recruiting will remember that he went to Georgia tech and then transferred to Bama uh, beast running back. But I also want to say he was leading the team yeah. in catches and was yep, like 31. up there in receiving yards and touchdowns. So like this will also be a game. Not, it's not just wide receivers matching up on corners, but how they handle late to a tight end and how they handle Gibbs out of the backfield, catching the football. Cause Bryce young can find him and, you can't get you can't give him much room. Yeah. I'll make you pay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, do you want to talk? Let's see. Gochell asked uh, about the 2024 quarterback com- uh, recruitment. If they, you think they'll have one committed by December? But I don't know if you want to talk about that on here or not. Let's see the exact question. Go ahead. Is LSU's 2024 quarterback recruit committed by December? Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to be Julian saying, but uh, we'll see. I feel good about it, but I'm not going to say a million percent. Yeah. Um, is there a spot on roster where LSU has an advantage versus Bama? I think the wide receivers versus their DBs can win for sure. Bama's got a couple good DBs. I'm not sure. I mean, That's you would think you would, the, the hope is that B. Joe Jalari obviously has a big game and Harold Perkins would have a big game wherever they put him in. Uh, Tyler Steen's been really good for Alabama this year, but other than that, they've been kind of, uh, I mean, a little more inconsistent than they have been in years past uh, up front. So maybe that's something that LSU can attack with Ojolari and Perkins and Wingo, who obviously had a great game last time. So that's an area, if you want to look outside of, we've talked receivers and DBs this whole podcast. If you want to look outside of that, I think potentially LSU's defensive line could um, be an advantage. You wish you had Mason Smith in this one, but Makai Wingo's been really, really good for him. Um, thought, and they said thoughts on Will Anderson versus the two true freshmen, meaning Emory Jones and Will Campbell at the tackle spots. Brian Kelly talked about that today. He was just like, look, we're going to have to call a lot of different things, whether it's getting it out quickly or whether it's you know finding ways. Josh Williams has been massive for them. They've praised him for how much he's helped in the run game, or excuse me, as a running back uh, in protection and things like that. So – I'm assuming this is a day where, where they're obviously game planning, knowing you've got talent like that at Bama on the edges, but they've also faced not Will Anderson level, but faced some really good SEC edge rushers and then Florida State and 
I think they've realized guys like Josh Williams have, can help him out a lot in some yeah, spots yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, he said Williams is going to stay in. He said they would max protect at, protect at times. I mean, you have not just Will Anderson, but Dallas Turner on the other side too. So it's a, it's a handful, but I, I still believe in Campbell at least. I think Campbell has had a much better year than Emory Jones. And again, this isn't saying anything. I think Emory Jones can be really good, but uh, I think Campbell will be able to hold his own for the most part. But, you know, the other side, I think they're going to have to chip on and uh, keep whether it's Cole Taylor, Mason Taylor, whoever else in. So that's definitely a, a point that I'm going to be uh, looking forward to watching here. Uh, Hybrid Theory asks, does Harold Perkins finally play on the first series of the game? I don't know. I, I don't have the answer or not. He's going to play a lot. I mean, Brian Kelly said today, too, that this is a game where all your best players have to be on the field. And I think that he was talking a little bit about Harold Perkins. Yes. Yes, I agree. Kelly's Hero asked, uh, will Besh and or Dellinger, uh, Dellinger be available for Saturday? If Dellinger is available, do you think he will return to his starting role? You had the injury repeat report up, so I'll let you. Yeah, um, Besh has been at practice he, since he muffed that punt against Florida and got hit on that play. Um, but they said this week, so he'll play. Um, not sure if he's returning punts. Um, Greg Clayton was back there in his absence, and didn't really give you any reason to want to bail on that, but we'll see. Uh, but available to play receiver, obviously, and he'll be on the field. Um, Dellinger sounded more – it's like day-to-day, but they said, like, yeah. he's already got a broken hand or that they had surgery on. So he said that's still in a soft cast, but they said the worries, the knee, grade two MCL sprain a few weeks back, and they felt like he'd be ready for this game. But Brian Kelly said this week will be his first week of, like, full practice, so – they really don't know how his knee is going to handle it until he goes through a week of practice or at least a few of them. So maybe later in the week, we'll know an update there. And then major Burns is back and good to go. And it sounds like Emory's going to practice today, but he's more in that day-to-day yeah. camp of where he probably didn't do anything since the old Miss game in terms of getting on the, the leg, or I guess he said it was an Achilles injury, um, but day-to-day. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting to see if Dellinger can play or not. That's, that would be that would be a big boost, but I, obviously I thought the the offensive line had played a really good game against Ole Miss, so I'm not, you know, discounting them if he can't play. So, Holy Bull asked, "What do you do to counter uh, Will Anderson with true freshman offensive tackles?" Uh, we talked about that a bit. I think another thing that I'm interested in is if LSU can establish the run or not, because obviously that's something you always hear from coaches. If if you can run the ball at maybe slows down the opposing uh, edge rushers. You don't want to get into obvious passing situations. And I'm interested to see how much Alabama spies with uh, whether it's a defensive lineman or a linebacker. So all that being said, it would be nice for them to be able to run the ball. Yep. I'd say you summed it up, run the football. And then as Brian Kelly said today, when they're in situations like that, they're going to max protect or they're going to have Josh Williams in and have him chip on a guy. So about how they've handled it so far, I'd say. Yeah. And I All think, right. look, Jane Daniels is at the point where he's 30 something games into starts into his career and is playing his most competent football. Like, I think he's beginning to feel where that comes from a bit more. And uh, one benefit of that is how do you how do you get away from two incredibly talented edge rushers, have a quarterback that will tuck it and run it? And yes get you a few extra yards instead of getting sacked for seven yeah for sure all right 
Um, you want to read off the the Silver Moon question? Uh, I'm not reading off all this. The, the, <laughs> go to the board and check out Silver Moon because he, he just Appreciate said he's going to read. Man, he presents some notable stats, which obviously did some good work here. Uh, yes. But let's just read this. He said, on the average of the six games that he listed all these stats for, LSU versus Bama would need to generate two to three sacks, six to seven tackles for loss, four PBUs, five hurries. Essentially, really have the game of the year in terms of tackles for loss, get Bryce Young to the ground a couple of times and, and hurry him a few more times. I uh, said in the loss against Tennessee uh, this year for LSU, they had zero sacks, two tackles for loss, one pass breakup, one QB hurry. That actually, you didn't even have a question. That was just presented those stats. Um, well, I'm not sure if they can hit. Well, he, he says, hit. what's who's, who's the most important player on LSU's defense? But that really didn't have anything to do with <laughs> all the stats. The, Which, I mean, do the you stats think they, speak volumes. If yeah. you can have an all-world day on defense, you've got a shot. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think they can hit? How many of those can they hit? Uh, I think you would, you know, ideally you can hit two to three sacks. The tackles for loss is going to be tough because a lot of those will be run stops uh, against a Jameer Gibbs, who I think is really, really talented, and they have a really good running scheme for the most part. Um, you know, four pass breakups is whatever, you know, that comes with incompletions for the most part. Hurries is going to be interesting because Bryce Young is so elusive, can extend the play for so long. Mm-hmm. It's going to – look – the first few drives of that Auburn game had me very, very concerned for quarterbacks extending plays against LSU and Jordan Travis also extended plays to a degree against LSU. So they're going to have to have a really, really good game in the back end of staying disciplined, staying attached and not losing their eyes whenever Bryce young is being a magician. And I would say too, I could hear people, but Shay, we had these stats just a week ago, probably. I mean, I could go look them up, but that's probably what they were against Ole Miss. And it's sort of the bell went off, right, for other fans um, that, oh, the way to stop Ole Miss and Jackson Dart is to do what Matt House did, just start sending pressure after him, and he was collapsing. Bryce Young is a lot, 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 lot better than Jackson Dart. So even when you're sending guys, as you said, he's good enough to get the ball out of his hands or run and do something with it. He's not going to sit back there and just get sacked like Jackson Dart did. No, it's – it's yeah, Bryce Young is – yeah. The rainy has beast. Different, different. Um, Bourbon and Cheerios. Other than the crowd, where does LSU have the advantage Saturday night? I think we. I think mind you, they're double-digit underdogs. So even find me an advantage that you would say LSU has over Alabama, and you haven't dove dove into the Alabama film. I'm sure if you did, something would jump out where you'd say LSU's better than Bama at this. Yeah. Yeah. All I did today, I wrote out a. kind of overlooking piece at Alabama where I think I think it was interesting I think uh did all right on the board as far as getting people interested in it so um yeah I will look into that I think we did it just from a general perspective I think we did a good job hitting on the the approach of the game and playing with house house money and not feeling that pressure if LSU can get off to a not slow start I I don't see why they can't hang in there you know the spread's 13 and it's going down, I, I really think that they are going to have a chance to, to hang in the game if they just just don't go down 10-0 to zero in the first five minutes of the game. That's that's all I ask. That's that's the standard. If they do that, they might get blown out. But like You can't do that against good teams. We saw that against Tennessee. Like you, just, you can't do that. So um, it's going to be real interesting to see how that plays out. 
I was just trying to click through the college football stat pages for the SEC on every category I could on the team category. Just give you one where LSU is above Bama, but I clicked on about 12 and I haven't gotten anything yet. Again, you hope the Alabama receivers who aren't as dynamic as the Smith. Oh, here we go. Time of possession by about a minute a game. <laughs> what? I was going to say, the, the set that every football coach says is meaningless. Is meaningless. <laughs> we got it. LSU, time of possession. Place your bets now. Who wins the time of possession? LSU. Um, but yeah, I mean, the turnovers. Oh, you know what? I can find one. LSU doesn't really turn the ball over if it's not on special teams. So that's, I think, a positive. We saw that against um, Ole Miss. <clears throat> okay. Forced you ready Miss for it? Yes. Any Alabama fan who dares listen to this podcast has already been screaming the answer at me. Bama is one of the most penalized teams in the SEC. LSU is not. Yeah. So, well, they're not far off. But they're not as bad. They're not as penalized as Bama. Not as penalized as Bama, which has been – and Achilles heel for the Bama team this year is that maybe more so than any time I can remember, they shoot themselves in the foot so much. They've had games this year that were close that should not have been close. Yeah. A&M game was interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's, there've been a lot of instances where Alabama or three instances this year where Alabama has not looked dominant by any means, Texas, Texas A&M and Tennessee. So if you're an LSU fan, Go watch those offense three games. Offense dominant against Tennessee. Yeah, the offense looked great against it. Bryce Young looked terrific against Tennessee. But if you're an LSU fan and you want some hope, just go watch those three games. Or if you really want hope, that first quarter against Texas where Quinn Ewers was in the game, Texas looked better than Alabama, which is crazy to say. But Well, then you're going to need Jaden Daniels and LSU to look like exactly. Quinn Ewers in Texas and Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker in Tennessee. So okay. That, that's the deal. So there Standard. you go. Standard. There it is. Um, let's see if I have anything else here. I don't think so. I was going to ask you what your favorite uh, Ti- Halloween candy is. Yeah, Tiger Ranch asked about Mason Smith update. Surgery's done. Still re- full recovery expected. We haven't gotten a public update from Brian Kelly, but if you watch the LSU videos they put out, like after games or whatever, there was one video of them in the locker room dancing after Ole Miss uh, and Mason and no crutches or boot or any of that was in the middle of the dance group dancing with the crazy. team after the game. So I'm sure he's on the path to, to recovery. And it's very clear that their medical staff is kind of all in on, and they did a hamstring surgery on the starting running back and got him back like yeah. in rapid pace. So I think World record time. Yeah. So I think he'll probably be just fine. I don't know. What'd you have for me? Is that it? Uh, I, was, I asked what your favorite Halloween candy is. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm a grown adult, so I really can buy candy whenever I want. Um, and I would yeah. say Reese's are my favorite. Okay. And Butterfingers would be my favorite, other favorite chocolate candy. I've never been I've never been a huge peanut butter and chocolate combination guy, honestly. So um I just roll with Kit Kats for the most part and like basic chocolate. And what do Kit Kats have? Caramel? They don't have peanut butter? No, no. It's like a chocolate. Like I know a, what I don't it know. is. But, but, okay, so Kit Kat. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have peanut butter in it. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. not rolling with the, the peanut butter in there. But All right. That's all we have for y'all today. We appreciate all the questions. Um, if y'all are interested in it and supporting me, I need 39 points from Joe Burrow tonight to win my fantasy uh, league. So 
Let's go, Joey B. Big game. Prayers up. Big game for Joey B tonight. I'm calling it. It's a rivalry game. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Without Chase out there, you know, get mm. some Higgins and stuff like that going. But that's all right. We'll see how it goes. But hey, uh, North Texas got to win. You're fine. Man, what a North Texas got to win. Be Western SMU got to win. SMU got to win. It's, a, it's good vibes. It's not on the pod. It's good vibes all around. Good vibes all around on the Bengal Tiger uh, podcast and uh, right. platform. So, yeah, if y'all haven't already, let me get my hat. I uh, got it. Still got the Bengal Tiger Founder Club a hat, $1 for a year. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. We appreciate all of the support and the growth on the channel uh, as we are now two months in almost uh, exactly to joining the site, Shay. So it's been a, been a fun ride so far. Uh, we appreciate you all for joining us, and we will talk to you all later.